Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. to It's Good Except It Sucks, a movie by movie and television series by television series hurtled through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This time we're taking a look at Iron Fist, first seen in March 2017, when if you wanted to look clever in front of your friends you could have watched Kicking and Screaming, Buddy Thunderstruck or The Marvelous Mrs. Marshall instead. I'm Tim Worthington and we'll be finding out what I made of Iron Fist shortly. Meanwhile, joining us to give his thoughts on Iron Fist is musician Paul Abbott. Paul, where can people find you? People can pop along to Twitter and find me at at Pavlovich and say hello there. OK, so before we go any further, Paul, what happens in Iron Fist? Well, in Iron Fist, we meet a guy called Danny Rand, who was, as a little kid, he was in a plane with his parents who were flying over the Himalayas when it crashed. Only he survived and he gets picked up and raised by some magical Buddhist monks in a city called Kunlun. And we meet him in this series 15 years after that, where he returns to New York with the power of the Iron Fist. And also he's a billionaire and has to work his way back into his own company. And along the way, we meet all sorts of things like a dead friend of the family, some ninjas, another ninja, another monk, some split personality murderers. And um, yeah, all having to deal with the responsibility of power whilst he's doing it. Right. Well, I'm going to say, as we'll come back to, that might be an inappropriately exciting sounding summary. But (laughs) before that, Paul... How much did you know about Iron Fist before you saw the show? Next to nothing. I knew it because I knew the name. Because it, in terms of Marvel properties, it seems like such a strange thing when, especially now, Iron Man is such a big figurehead for the whole kit and caboodle, not just the films for Iron Man, but the whole shebang, that you've got another character called Iron Fist. I've sort of always been aware of it in, in terms of that he was knocking around as a character. Was he related? I didn't know. But I have never seen any of the comics or read any of the comics, although it's got a really obvious origin and reason it came into being, I think, given the time it emerges. So, as with a lot of these characters, which weren't A-list Marvel characters, didn't know much about them. It's interesting. I mean, there are quite a few characters that have come to prominence through the films and TV series that occupied that kind of space where people maybe were vaguely aware of him but didn't know that much about them but i was fairly familiar with him because he spent a long time with the defenders who were my favorite marvel team who will be coming to in later episodes as well as that there was the heroes for hire comic where he teamed up with luke cage basically as mercenaries more or less and i did have a couple of issues of that but he was a character that i think didn't really translate well to the uk because as you hinted at 
he came in on the back of the whole kung fu boom of the early 70s yeah along with a couple of other marvel characters that are coming into the film soon i think that craze came and went here quicker than it did in america because i remember as a very young child being given sort of hand-me-down kung fu things you know that relatives had finished with and then feeling a bit outmoded in the very late 70s yeah i think that early death of bruce lee perhaps stifled the whole thing in terms of how big it could have been as a, a truly international phenomenon that might have had something to do with it as well but you know there was a point at which it was massive but like you say i'm not sure quite how much it got hold in the uk i could be wrong about this but i have a feeling he kind of dipped out of the comics or rather went into the background for quite a long time as well i mean i don't remember him showing up that much in for most of the 80s i read spider-man i don't remember him turning up that much but obviously before that and later on he was allied with spider-man a lot he didn't show up in things like secret wars but the odd thing is he had had kind of a renaissance due to quite you know intense graphic novels that they did where they really pushed the mythology angle to the fore in it but he was one of the first characters talked about in terms of when they launched the mcu and there was a film on the slate for a long time before they eventually decided this isn't quite working and at very late notice they thought well we're doing jessica jones luke cage and daredevil on netflix already let's stick him there instead and that i wonder it's possibly the reason why I'm sure you're going to tell everyone now what you actually think of series one. OK, well, in theory, I should like this. Those Marvel TV series, I like the notion of them being that I think they refer to them as the on the street heroes, don't they? You know, street level heroes. I do a podcast called Heart the 87 Precinct, which is about some crime fiction books set in essentially New York. It's a fictionalized version. So I like things. Storytelling that takes place in the city. And obviously it's a big city, so you have these different people in different places. And we meet Danny Rand basically in quite a posh area of New York. And season one is just a wash with privilege. And <laughs> it's you've got a problem right from the off in that you meet a character and that no matter what he's struggling against in terms of baddies or being believed, ultimately he is a massively privileged character who more or less can do what he wants. And so you've got almost no one to believe in right from the off, which is a shame given the supporting cast have their, all have their moments. And I do like some of the settings. I like seeing some of the city that's not the bits that you see in Luke Cage, the bits you see in Jessica Jones. They're all great, but it's nice to see another bit of the city. And also series one is 13 episodes, all of which are about 55 minutes long apiece. It is much, much too long for what actually happens in it. It really, really is. It is incredibly slow as well. And I think think personally the big misjudgment was that whereas in the doctor strange film you know you've got a lot of mystical elements in it and it changes what it's doing every 30 seconds almost you know he mm. the sorcerer supreme will do something to and it whiz off through about eight different multiverses and then come back you know it's it doesn't rest on one thing whereas in iron fist it's all about the chi and his connection to kun lun the monastery yeah. and it expects you to connect with that on a spiritual level almost and that isn't much there. It's just a reference to something that's a very long way away, and occasionally his hand glows. You might know the answer to this, though, Tim. How many mystical far-off lands in the Far East are there in the Marvel Universe? Because there seems to be one every other show that you watch, or film that you watch. There are many, and we've not even got near any of the frontier towns yet, which I think may come up in future projects. But yeah, there just isn't really anything to grasp onto. And I think... 
another problem with it is that kind of possibly subverts the atmosphere a bit is that now I'm going to come back to him in a minute I think Finn Jones is a bit maligned who actually plays Danny Rand but he's English he's playing American Jessica yeah. Henwick who plays Colleen Wing is sidekick is English, English playing American and Sasha Darwin who's kind of never 100% sure whether he's a bad guy or a good guy Davos he's English playing American as well and you've got three of them and it becomes a bit like what is the thing that everyone talks about about the wire other than that omg have you still not seen it is everyone's english yes most of the main (laughs) cast were english or like clark peters have worked in england for about 30 years i think that does something to the tone of it because you've got julian ward meacham who are danny's childhood friends who he reconnects with when he comes back who are big key players in it they're more obviously american yeah and then you've got characters coming in for the other shows like claire temple night nurse shows up misty knight from luke cage yeah a couple of others show up and they're very obviously very american and i think i'm not criticizing anyone's accents but there's just a disparity there that you can feel yeah it's funny when you realize quite how many i mean it's obviously great that people are casting from all over the world and making decisions on that i think colleen the character that jessica henwick plays is the most believable you know in the world that she's in in iron fist finn jones i think the problem is he just doesn't have a great character to do something with particularly so he, he doesn't sit in the world well anyway and for most of it all that comes across is petulant child he sticks his bottom lip out when he doesn't get what he wants at the company he gets angry and uh, you know they sort of say that the storytelling point of that is that he's having to deal with developing how to control his chi etc but he just comes across like a petulant child and who wants to watch 13 episodes of a petulant child i think that's true and before we come to the weird controversy about his casting do you know where you have seen him before i know you've seen this and you won't have realized it was him i i think this i only know this from doing my research but i think you're probably referring to the sarah jane adventures yes yeah he's santiago joe's grandson yeah which is nice i love the sarah jane adventures absolutely beautiful uh, piece of tv it's a good pedigree in my (laughs) eyes you know but to cast him then as the billionaire son raised by monks in new york is interesting well there was a weird bit of controversy there which kind of is still going on now was there were lots of criticism of people saying they should have cast a genuine asian actor as iron fist now to me i'm gonna come down on one side here and i am backing this up with knowledge I think that's an invalid opinion because Danny Rand was always that character in the comics. Although it didn't come across well in the series, the whole point of him is he's an outsider in every circle he's in. Now, he doesn't fit in with his business world anymore. He's kind of ostracised by the monks. He is best friends with Luke Cage, who is from a very different social background to him. He just doesn't really fit in. And as well as that, people saying, well, it should have been an authentic Asian actor. Well, the character you want there is Shang-Chi, who's coming up in the film, who was always planned to come up in the film, who is the one vigilante that didn't show up on Netflix, and he is the real deal, and has been known to pick on Danny Rand for not being the real deal <laughs> in the comics. So I kind of think it was a bit... When you think about the diversity they have deployed in other films of the TV series, and you know the way they did amazing things like made Wong from... I always found him a horribly stereotyped character in the Doctor Strange comics. You know, even when I was young, they'd made him into a really serbic, progressive character who's more in control of the situation than Doctor Strange is. Yeah. Many other examples of great casting like that. I don't think there's a case to answer here. I don't know what you think about that. No, I think you're right, because 
I think the point of the story is to have this, or rather have that type of character in that type of situation. What the show actually does do okay, I think, in, in terms of that is when it gets to the second season, it pivots the focus to a, a much more appropriate sort of target character anyway, which right from the off you're thinking, well, this person should have been the focus and they've sort of become that in the second series. But also, of course, the origin of the characters, like we say, obviously there's a Kung Fu thing from the 70s where he appears in the comics, but surely those were all being written by white guys from the 60s, all of whom had just adopted this idea of adopting Eastern culture. So they're reflecting that in the character, you know, going off to retreats and coming back with stories about Donovan teaching you to play or whatever. Presumably the creators are of that age and ill, and that's feeding in, but you can have a character like Iron Fist being Danny Rand because then the characters who aren't him seem more important around him. I left here 10 years old in a jet with my parents. I became the lone survivor. Danny Rand, back from the dead. Why has he waited this long to show up? How the hell did he learn martial arts? Where'd you train? Kunlun. My father instilled in me a love and respect for this company that has never faded. This is my home. Red is my company. This city is no place for Danny Rand. We put in practice and discipline. No giving up, no giving in. Danny, what happened to you? Why are you really back here? Some bad people have gotten on the inside. Criminals. I know what they are, what they can do. To fight them, we need someone with special skills. I've been training my whole life for this. Am the Iron Fist. The hell does that mean? Series one, I've tried and tried and tried. I just can't. I don't think it's as bad as people say. I know it's only like 20% as an aggregate score on movie review sites. But I do think if it wasn't a Marvel series, it would be a bit more highly regarded, which is a double-edged sword because sometimes people highly regard these shows that really I find quite boring, but it's because they like to be the first at watching them, you know, naming no names. But there have been quite a few like that where people have said to me, you've got to watch X and Y. And I've watched it and have thought, I'm not really enjoying this. Mm. But Iron Fist reminded me more of them than it did of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Certainly it was nothing like Daredevil. But I think people are punching down on it a bit too hard. It is just, season one at least, it's a very mediocre TV series. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, I mean, I watched it through when it first came out. I would have binged it like I did with most of these things. I found it much more hard going watching it now with a slightly more critical eye with a view to talking to you about it. I mean, what what really comes across is how slow it is and how long it lasts. And I sort of noted down that it breaks down to about sort of three internal stories within those 13 episodes. The first four could have been two episodes. You would have established the characters, established the threat, and that would have saved you the best part of two hours of storytelling that could have you didn't need and perhaps if the episodes had been maybe 45 minutes long they would have been forced to make it a bit more compact and a bit more thrilling without losing too much of the serial nature of it and also a big problem as we've alluded to in the episode about daredevil is that one of the villains are the hand yeah who as i've said before they work brilliantly in the comics where you can tell a slow story effectively slow stories do not work on screen and they are quite boring villains they want some artifact 
acts for their benefit and that's it there's never yeah, there's a slightly greater threat in the defenders which obviously iron fish shows up in again but they never quite convince me enough and they keep bloody coming back to life as well yeah and, and for the majority of the characters you meet who aren't the sort of leaders of the hand they're all just they're just cannon fodder punching bags really so that you get a lot of they're there and then they're gone they're just supposed to be you never get this sense of the overwhelming threat of them you just have these occasional moments with the big villains so they're not great and i'll say one of the other things that happens whenever the hand seem to be in anything is that the humor gets sucked out of the stories i mean you compare so you've got a thing called iron man you've got a thing called iron fist the major difference between the two of them is there's no jokes in iron fist there's not even banter between characters that works it feels so flat there's no fizz to it absolutely and also it constantly references things that have happened in the films in season one in particular there's very little tie-in with the rest of the marvel cinematic universe there's a couple of things like apparently there's a reference to spider-man in the sense that you know when he first appears in civil war he's been going viral on youtube all right apparently there's a reference to that hidden somewhere i've never found it maybe it's in kunlun who knows (laughs) there are characters from the netflix shows but it just feels out on a limb and that's possibly a big contributing factor in the problems with series one whereas i would say you then get the defenders which i think came very shortly after series one and yeah, it didn't also take long. danny shows up in series two of luke cage as well finn jones is much more assured in both of them he's really yeah. played the character well so i don't think it was as much to do with him as people say i think it was just to do with that first series did not work at all and series two it's a fast improvement i think yeah and one thing that you can tell straight away is it's only 10 episodes which just goes to show they haven't said just have another 13 they've said 10 episodes here (laughs) and they've changed showrunner as well so the whole focus shifts and it makes a big difference because they sort of almost make iron fist or the danny rand iron fist slightly secondary to the story which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, because it's mainly about Davos, who has always believed he should have had the title of Iron Fist. And basically, it's not even really at first a villainous thing. He basically says, I challenge you to see which of us deserves it. Which, within Marvel mythology, is quite a reasonable thing. I mean, let's not forget Black Panther is founded on that. Yes, indeed. But it degenerates a bit when there's a whole thing about, because he does develop a form of the Iron Fist, and he gets a red hand. Because you need to tell the difference. Or something, I don't know. But he then goes into a weird thing where he kind of hooks up with a gang who are essentially Bill and Ted. You know, they're not... I don't understand what's going on with that storyline at all. That kind of spoils it a bit. It's a funny one. What's happened with this is they've taken Danny Rand and they've obviously gone, look, having him as the big, rich, successful businessman who can just go up into the big office at any time he wants so he can make these huge sweeping changes. They've got rid of that totally. They've actually put him as a character down into Chinatown and so you lose all those big streetscapes of New York, like skyscrapers and things like that and it just stays in in chinatown they've had to do a lot of work to that character to give the space for this story to take place in a way that looks a bit more like the other things in the tv universe then you have davos there's supposed to be a sort of yin yang thing going on but i don't think danny's necessarily strong enough to seem like the opposition fortunately what that means and the reason i think it's a better series is because a lot of the attention goes on to the character of colleen wing as well who's doing a more moral thing of working in the community but then is also coming to terms with the idea that she might have to become some form of hero character herself 
And even better, they bring Misty Knight in, and that's when it really comes alive. And also introduced is Typhoid Mary, who yeah. they've changed a good deal for the comics because she's basically kind of an evil mutant in the comics. Yeah, it was telekinetic and so on. Here, she's just a disturbed military veteran who yeah. was actually tortured in Sokovia during the events of Age of Ultron. I mean, I do wonder if there had been the third series of The Punisher, would she have shown up alongside him? Because they've oh, that would have been got good, similar actually. backgrounds. But she adds a lot because she's a very unpredictable character. Played by another English person as well. That's true, yes. And again, it's difficult to know whose side she's actually on a lot of the time. I like the Typhoid Mary character in this because of that, because she's a mercenary. Therefore, the character will do a job, get paid, and then she's on anyone's side. But you don't always necessarily know what her motives are. I also like there's a really nerdy Ed McBain link with this as well. So the character's called Typhoid Mary, and the actual Typhoid Mary, who was like the patient zero of Typhoid, was held in a hospital on North Brother Island in is it the East River? In New York anyway. That hospital later became accommodation where a lot of veterans who returned from the war lived, one of which was Evan Hunter, who was Ed McBain. So that's my mind immediately goes to strange reference point there anyway. So that's me triangulating McBain, which actually has nothing to do with it otherwise, other than the name Typhoid Mary, which isn't actually used in the story at all here. No, it isn't, no. But, you know, if you know who she is, when she comes on, you think, ooh, that's Typhoid Mary. Hang on, she's a bit different. <laughs> but they do that really well in adapting characters that if you did them on screen might not seem sometimes as acceptable as they would in the comics or they might seem a bit too similar to another character which you know basically given that they will have to do the X-Men eventually Typhoid Mary is a bit too close to your rogues and so on let's yeah. be frank about that I think giving her a sort of medical reason for you know psychological reason for the character that she's got is quite a neat one it does help them to pivot it into the larger universe as you mentioned Sokovia and all that there as well and she's also a good example of what they're trying to do with the idea of the Iron Fist the idea of the human body as the weapon as opposed to what she uses which is knives and garrots and high-powered weaponry but yeah I think the thing about season two that, that I really like is that it is much more about the women in it about the female yeah. characters Joy Meacham who was sort of a bit bumped around from pillar to post in the first season gets to be more of an antagonist in this and has her own story Colleen Wing does what you wanted her to do right from the off and sort of basically becomes what you wanted to become you've got mrs yang the leader of the triads or one of the triad gangs they get rid of her husband and put a, a female leader to it you've got misty knight who i just think is the best character out of all of those tv universes and you've got typhoid mary as well in there and the night wing combination is just fab just love it i'd have watched a show of that basically yeah and you do wonder had netflix carried on would they have done that obviously they probably wanted to do more marvel shows but that brings me round to an interesting question which is you know the association is kind of over now and slowly the rights to the characters are reverting back to Marvel. It's been reported quite a lot recently. There are a lot of rumours about them incorporating those characters with the same actors into the films and or the Disney Plus series. But one thing people have been saying, because, I mean, my feeling is that nobody knows very much about what happens in the Shang-Chi film yet. He is going to need some other characters there. It would be logical for Danny and Colleen to show up in it. Yeah. But a lot of people are saying, oh, they should recast either because they don't like Finn Jones or either because they think it should be an authentic Asian actor, which, you know, we've got one that's the lead in that movie. So let's not go down that road. But how would you feel about that? Do you think 
for the sake of continuity, they should have him? Or would you prefer somebody else to have a go at the role? It's one of those funny things, continuity, because it's very easy to become like obsessed with it. And, and then you can go down a very dark path and start berating people on Twitter about things that happened in one episode of Doctor Who or whatever. I'd actually think that it'd be interesting to see those characters played by those actors in a larger canvas thing, in, in, in a movie setting, even if it's just briefly, just to get that. The way that movie filmmaking always has a slightly different perspective angles storytelling depth to tv series which of course does its own things very well it'd be interesting to see so i I wouldn't be averse to seeing these characters any of them crop up in any of these places absolutely same here i would like to see them given the chance to i mean they're not going to be the leads in a movie are they so i think you know they might even benefit from being lower down the cast who knows and people might come away possibly with a slightly different view of the iron fist series okay paul there's just one thing left for me to ask now if you had the ancient power of the immortal Iron Fist, what would you use it for? If I had that, what I think I'd probably do is I'd go to the middle of Sefton Park in Liverpool on one of the sunny days we've been having when everyone's supposed to be being sensible and avoiding each other. That date this podcast straight away. And I would just do that thing where they hammer on the floor and a big sort of wave of power comes out and everyone gets blasted out of the way. And then maybe everyone would start going home and uh, being a bit more sensible. Let me know when you do that because I will walk up and watch it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you and Excelsior. Thanks, Tim. If you've enjoyed this, don't forget you can find more editions of It's Good Except It Sucks and plenty more besides, including details of my book Can't Help Thinking About Me at timworthington.org.